This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we're back from the break on The Sipping Point, and I'm so excited to have with me in studio Galen Sampson. He's the new head chef, head honcho, at the Farmstead Grill at the shops at Canton Crossing. It's a whole new area of Canton that you might not even know about, but he has really been in Baltimore, not just now, but even in years past, one of the leaders of the farm-to-table movement here in Baltimore. You might know him from his restaurant, Dogwoods. You might also know him from the Harbor Court Hotel. Hamptons was the restaurant, one of the, at the time, only five-star diamonds in Baltimore. And I know him quite well because my husband and better half chef, Michael Forrester, worked for you for a while. That's right. You're probably trying to forget that. No. <laughs> Actually, I wish I could work with him again. He's, yeah, he he's awesome. great. He's great. Um, so we're having you on. You guys opened June 16th, right? June 16th. It seems uh, a long like time ago. Like a year ago, ago for a you, year I'm ago, sure. It's only been about six weeks. So we're going to talk a lot about the restaurant in a little bit. And you guys are in this new area of Canton. It's a whole new shopping center. Parking's easy. You've got this exciting new restaurant. But farm to table is something that you've been passionate about for a long time. It's not just a new gimmick for this restaurant. You've been doing it for years. You were here on the show a couple of years ago at Dogwoods where you were already really employing the use of local farmers right. and local products. But when you left Dogwoods, you did something really radical. A lot yeah. of chefs talk about this farm to table stuff, but what did you do that I don't see a lot of chefs doing? Yeah, I, I wanted to get a little bit closer to the source, and uh, you know, farming's been in my family uh, for generations and generations, but I was the first, uh, my parents were the first to leave the farm, so I really didn't have any direct experience, only what I remember as a little kid going back to the Midwest and being on the farm. So um, after Dogwood, I had the opportunity to take a, an apprenticeship or really a farmhand job at an or- organic farm in Charlottesville, Virginia. It was called Bel Air Farm. It was an uh, 800-acre farm. We farmed about uh, 60 acres of it organically as a produce wow. CSA. Um, but we also raised hogs, um, Tamworth hogs, raised meat, ch- meat bird chickens, um, laying hens. And we also had other farmers on there grazing their raw milk dairy cows. And um, there was a goat cheese dairy grazing on the farm, too. So I sort of got a view of a totally integrated farm. It was, it was a pretty awesome experience. Wow. That is. I mean, you really, you know, w- when you're in the business, even in wine, for instance, you can learn all these things in the book and you can taste all kinds of wines, but actually working yeah, that I'm, is different than the way you see it from the other side, isn't abso- it? Absolutely. And I've been involved in farm to table in this area for a good 12 or 13 years. And I've gone and volunteered on farms and worked there and helped out a little bit. But until you truly go and do it day in and day out, you, you don't know the the amount of commitment and passion that these individuals have for their craft and their art, really. Um, it's really hard work. You know, being a chef, mm-hmm. we all know it's hard work. Right. But this is this is different, all-encompassing <laughs> right. hard work. And it was, uh, I had to change gears to sort of be able to keep up with all the younger people that were doing it. I bet, I bet. What would you say now that you're back in the restaurant scene, what's one or two learnings from that experience that you you didn't have before that now you take with you? I think I have a better respect and understanding for what it takes to get restaurants the quality products that that we want. Um, I also learned uh, how much of a pain in the neck chefs can be to farmers. (laughs) You know, it it takes a long time to send people out into the field and pick the produce, wash the produce, get it chilled properly, 
get it boxed and then to the restaurant. So when the chef calls up at seven in the morning and you know your order's coming out, can you add three more cases of that? It's not like you're going to the cooler at a produce distributor. You have to send someone out in the field and go get it. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, chefs can be um, erratic. <laughs> and, um, you know, they say, that, oh, really? I want to buy this for next week. And then next week comes and, well, I don't really need that anymore. Mm. Um, and how you, the effect on the farm when that happens. Right. And so uh, I learned a lot of those lessons being on the other side down in Charlottesville. So when I came back, you know, we sat down with farmers in the winter um, from around our region and, and talked about what we could contract with them to grow. So they could have a commitment from us of steady um, oh, nice. supply. And we knew that we could count on them of always being number one on their list. You know, with Dogwood, we went the traditional way. You know, you got the produce list from the local farmer. And, um, you know, I said I wanted 40 pounds of heirloom tomatoes and 20 pounds would show up because there's 10 or 12 other restaurants that are vying for that same it's the supply and demand thing. But right. um, for a restaurant like ours, where it's going to be completely committed to um, sourcing locally, uh, we needed to have a commitment with them up front. And oh, that's that, nice. Great. That stream. Well, uh, let's talk about that a little bit, and then we'll come back from the break and get more into it. When we talked about your opening, tell folks exactly where you are in Canton. Yeah, this is an area which I wasn't familiar with either. I've lived in Hamden for many years and didn't get down there that much, but it's very easy to get to off of 95. We are all the way down Boston Street, uh, a couple blocks past the first Mariner building. It's in a new retail development, which has a, a Target and Harris Teeter and Old Navy and all kinds of different retail, which is pretty unique for the city. And mm-hmm. I wish it was here when I was living Downtown. Right, I know. Um, but it's real easy to get to. It's on the cross. This cross street is Conklin. If you're coming from the county, you just jump off 95 at the Boston Street O'Donnell exit, and we're probably less than a mile from from that. Right. It's real, real quick to get to. And it's called Farmstead Grill. That's your restaurant. It's at the shops at Canton Crossing. If you want to check that out, um, we're going to be right back from the break, and we're going to talk exactly about your restaurant, what they can expect when they walk in the door, what's on the menu, what you guys are doing, and then you also have something called the Farmstead Shack. Is this right? So we're going to talk about that. We'll be right back on the Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach. We're back with the Sipping Point in Galen Sampson from Farmstead Grill and Shack. Uh, they're at the shops at Canton Crossing in Canton, neighborhood of Baltimore here. So, Galen, we heard about your time on the farm. Yep. <laughs> That's not a code word uh, for anything else, but you really found out what it was like to be an organic farmer. And now, or even just a farmer in general, and now you are better able to work with those farmers in your farm-to-table concept, which you've been doing for a long time. And uh, how does that translate on the menu at Farmstead Grill? If I'm heading over there to have dinner tonight, what do, what do I expect when I walk in the doors? Well, when you come to um, Farmstead, the first thing you'll notice in, Can- in Canada, we have plenty of parking. Uh, that, and that's a big deal here in the city because... There it, is. We have hundreds yeah. of spaces. It's, it's pretty convenient and easy to, easy to get to. Um, it's, it's, you can't miss us. We're right in the middle. Uh, we look like a giant barn. Um, It's sort of meant to be, you know, the farmstead from the beginning. And, uh, our building looks like a barn. When you walk in, you will not recognize it as a barn. It's an unbelievably (laughs) beautiful restaurant, very elegant, um, designed by local architects and, um, local artisans have provided a lot of the, the, the 
beautiful chandeliers and woodwork that are inside the inside the grill. I have a chick question before we get to the menu here. Yes. What about what I should wear? Do I have to get like fancy dancy? Not at all. It's business it's, casual. What are we talking it's about? It's meant it's meant to be casual. Most oh, people nice. dress I love business that. casual, but you can come as you are. Um, we're meant to be that place where you can come anytime. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, anytime. Get, grab something quick to eat. It's yes. also somewhere that can be a great destination for a dining weekend with your friends. Great. So I I love it. You've set the stage. Now the menu itself, I know you're, tell us, you, you're working with a lot of local farmers. We, so how does that, who are you working with and how does that translate on the menu? It translates directly to the menu. Um, as far as our meats and our fish um, and poultry, uh, we work with uh, local ranchers and, and farmers as much as we can. All of our meats are hormone and antibiotic free. Nice. Um, our major Beef supplier is Liberty Delight Farms, which is Shane Hughes' place out in Reisterstown. Mm. Um, we also utilize Rosetta Farms as well. Great. Um, David Smith with Springfield Farms is providing us with uh, chickens, um, also some beef. Um, as far as produce, um, the farmers that we sat down with this winter were uh, John Shaw with Baltimore Organics. They're in Moncton, uh, Maryland. Beautiful property, unbelievable um, skill he puts into his land and we're getting some terrific vegetables some of the best tasting beets best tasting heirloom tomatoes I've yeah. really ever had and uh, Zorodka Farms is another main produce provider for us great and the menu how it's set it changes often it changes often the, the proteins um, will stay for the season okay um, and change as their seasonality uh, reflects but the produce is really week to week and the color palette or the flavor palette that goes on t- to the plates with these great meats and poultry and fish is determined by the the farms that are bringing us those produce so I'm constantly on the phone or texting back and forth with the farmer he's letting me know what's coming and what's what's new nice. and then we can plan the menu for the next week so it's good to be on the web and check out our menu. Right, so it's there. never getting old. It's never getting old. Yeah, so. I love that. And you can go to farmsteadgrilled.com if you want to check out the menu and all the great things. You know, of course, you like. Uh, you know I love my beverages. <laughs> and so do I. So tell me what, what can one expect as far as the wine list, cocktails, things like that? Uh, the cocktail program, we are trying to incorporate the, the freshness and the, the vibrancy of what we're getting from our produce farmers. So Fruit juices, fresh squeezed juices, fresh pressed vegetable juices are really a big part of what's going on with our cocktail list. Um, we're even on even on the savory side. We are we're taking some of these local tomatoes and uh, slow roasting and smoking them over applewood, and we're making a really terrific smoked Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, but uh, Travis, who's our general manager and an expert mixologist, has put together a great cocktail list. Uh, you know, with the good balance of flavors, fruits, and citrus, and things to make some really interesting nice. cocktails. Um, we're supporting local breweries throughout um, our beer list. Um, we have the staples like Heavy Seas and Union Evolution, um, but then we also have rotating beers that come that are coming in. One of my favorites, because I like hot, spicy food, is uh, is a jalapeno IPA from Jailbreak that we're oh, nice. putting on this week. And I tried that at Canton Wine and Spirits, and I was like, this, we have to put this on. Yeah, I just had their basil white beer. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Too. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, jailbreak. And as far as, as far as the wine list, um, it's similar philosophy. Travis and I have 
a like mind with that is we love to introduce people to new things, get them to sort of step outside of their comfort zone. So we do have the standards that people always go to, but, uh, you know, we have a Bordelais from Lebanon, um, Chateau Moussar, uh, which is really interesting. We have a Priorat on the list. Those are both by the glass. Oh, great. Um, So people can try them and see if they like them. And you know what? Most most of the time we get them hooked and they get a bottle. They'll get a bottle. (laughs) So real quick, tell me about the shack. The shack is across a lawn. It's about, it's right out our front door. It's about 70 yards away. Um, it's a walk-up takeaway operation. It's meant to focus on the fresh vegetables, fresh fruits that are coming from our farms. We have a juice bar there, which serves smoothies. Uh, we have, in the summer for the kids, we have snowballs. We're making our own fresh, natural uh, oh, syrups cool. for that. Nice. And we have Taharka Brothers ice cream. Um, and we make our own brats and sausages, so you can get like a gourmet Yum. dog while you're there. All right. I love it. Again, you can go to farmsteadgrill.com. Galen, Chef Galen Sampson, thank you so much. It's so exciting to hear what you've been doing, and I cannot wait to come in. I look forward to having you. And try it out. Great. All right. Thanks. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. Summer sippers, Chris. Summer sippers have been delicious. Now, you mentioned something earlier in the first segment that I wanted to talk to you about. You mentioned how the New Zealanders were kind of the innovators in the screw cap on yes. the bottles of wine. Uh, why Why has it switched over to that? Is it better? Is it easier? Is it cheaper? Well, you know, in the old days, screw caps were social suicide. Remember right. that? I mean, yeah. you, you show up at a party with the screw cap wine. And it's just swill. It's They're just, just thinking cheapness. you're cheap. Yeah. I mean... So that's the old days. Nowadays, I mean, it's, and it's say nowadays, I mean, this is the Kiwis and the Aussies, New Zealand and Australia have been doing this for 20 years now. Right. Use of the screw cap. The whole reason is those natural corks mm-hmm. that we love, you know, the charm of them and uncorking the right. bottle. They're not perfect. Right. They're yeah, not fail safe. No, no closure is. Yeah. But one of the problems with a real cork is that it can get infected with a compound compound called trichloral anisole. Okay. Or TCA. We it's like call a bacteria. It. Uh, it's it, when chlorine combines with other things in the air and it creates TCA. Okay. That will infect the cork and okay. ruin the wine. Oh, wow. It's estimated and there's controversy around it. Of course, right. five to seven percent of wines are infected so that you, have natural corks. You could drop $400 on a bottle of wine that you think is one of the better ones that you could uh, yes. that you could get, and you open it, and there's this TCA in the cork, and it's just ruined. Right. Money and down the, the toilet. And the way you can tell, and this is why when you go to a restaurant, they give you the little taste, is right. that it, it'll smell and taste like a musty okay. mildew basement. Right. And because that costs the winery a lot of money, yeah. wineries look for ways to get around it. They started with the plastic corks. That wasn't perfect. Right. Then now the screw caps are performing very well. Controversial. Right. But you're seeing $100 bottles of wine with screw caps. Okay. So no longer social suicide. It's a slow transition. We, we might have to do a whole show on that because there are people fighting on either side of the oh, fork of and cap. Yeah. Debate. <laughs> but um, one thing we won't fight about, Chris. What's that? Is that if you want to go out for a great meal, mm-hmm. you want to go see my friends at the Oregon Grill, that patio is still open. Absolutely. We still have this beautiful weather to enjoy. You want to check it out, uh, give them a call at 410-771-0505. You can make a reservation, eat in the beautiful dining room, yeah. outside on the patio. On the bar, in the bar? The bar is a nice casual atmosphere, Absolutely. but still nice. Bottles and of wine got by the glass? 
by the glass, by yeah, the bottle, bottle. extensive list. In the bar, every night of the week, there's a special. Oh, Tuesdays, man. 25% off all bottles of wine. Yeah, there you okay, go. Martini night on Fridays. They they have different, uh, they have sushi there. Ooh. Ladies night on Wednesdays. There you go, holla. And there's uh, $6 glasses of Prosecco, which I love. Not to mention their brunch on Sundays. Yeah, that's your favorite. I love brunch. Because they have that bacon infused Bloody Mary. (laughs) Exactly. You had me at bacon. Yeah, no problem parking there. And of course, they have impeccable service. Check them out at theorgangrill.com. Next week, we'll be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life. Special thanks, as always, to Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, Wine World, Highland Wine and Spirits, and the Oregon Grill.